No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, I'll do it. Do it. Three, two, one. <laughs> Welcome to season two of Word Bros. I love the always. Fact, I love the fact that you <laughs> counted yourself down. That was amazing. Uh, I can't get in. I can't get into it until I count myself down. Hang on, I gotta count myself down. Oh, you froze on me too. Oh, Kevin froze. There look, look, look what happens. You do the intro and everything goes to shit. I mean, see, we changed the format. Season two format changes and everything's messed up. So welcome to season two of Word Bros. I'm Kevin. Yes, and I'm Bob. And uh, we have a wonderful show planned for you today. Finish it. But yeah, we've got a wonderful show for you today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. It's Josh Hood. We talk talk about amazing things like ZZ Top, Batman's Penis. We do. Spider-Man's penis. I, I don't mean, think, that, to be fair, I don't think Josh talked about any of that stuff. I think No, it was just us. Being we dumb. talked about it and he kind of watched uncomfortably. Which is what we do. We make people uncomfortable when Sometimes. we talk about Swamp Thing's penis. And stuff. Hey, look, man, if you don't want us talking about it, don't put it online. Such a weird thing to do, but what do I know? I'm not good at this, but apparently other folks are. So, uh, <laughs> so let's talk to another person who's very good at this. Let's talk to Josh Hood, everybody. We were talking to you and you were just sitting there. I thought you were doing like a bit and you couldn't hear us, but you were are just a really good actor. No, I, I <laughs> that audio on, yeah. Josh Hood. What's up, buddy? What's happening, guys? Congratulations. Not much. Charter. Oh, oh thank, well, you. thank you. Thank you. And yeah, thank you for your thank you for your thank help you for on your Kickstarter. Oh, help. Yes. That was amazing. Okay. If I got you guys a buck, that's worth it. Hey, dude, we were using your image for some of the Facebook ads and your name and your name was in there, too. So maybe we got you some likes and some follows. So who knows? Oh, I'm not on Facebook. Oh, OK, well, there you go. Then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so then it was all we, for we not. Absolutely. Yeah, we did. You absolutely no good. That's, maybe some yeah. other guy named Josh Hood got a bunch of follows. and He's like, what is happening here? Why do so many people like me all of a sudden? I once thought about going out and uh, contacting as many Josh Hoods as I could around the country, like, you know, through Twitter or Facebook or whatever. And everyone I hit was some Bible thumping, uh, <laughs> like cr- upper level Jesus freak. I couldn't take it anymore. I had to stop. I was really discouraged. Now, what was your, what was your plan there? Were you planning to have like a Josh Hood convention, like all the Josh Hoods get together? <laughs> I own all the URLs. I own joshhood.com, joshuahood.com. My, you know, um, I tried to get the Twitter handle Josh Hood, like when Twitter was six days old and somebody had already snaked it out from under me, so I got Joshua Hood. So, like, I own that name across so many different platforms and so many different versions. I'm sitting on some that I'm not using. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just thought, yeah, who did I, who did I keep? Who's now Josh Hood fourteen? Because they couldn't get. <laughs> you know, that could be Josh Neighborhood. Yeah. Like if you had like all of you together, that would be awesome. Oh, that it's, would be nice, Josh Neighborhood. It sounds like a Where? good, like a good comic idea. Like Josh Hood fourteen goes out and kills Josh Hood's thirteen through one, so he can be the first Josh Hood. Oh, I like it. You know, like a, <laughs> like like a Highlander thing. There could be only one Josh Hood. You, there's a site where you can look up your name and it tells you how many people in the country 
probably have your name based on statistics. Interesting. Interesting. I it was there were somewhere around 150 different Josh Hoods. So Not I, bad. I, um, the first one I saw was uh, a convict in Arizona. He was doing a nickel <laughs> for uh, assault and battery. <laughs> He was doing a nickel. You, you sound like an old hood yourself. He's doing a dime up at uh, Chino. He's doing a nickel and alto. Yeah. For a and a I, I found him at a ZZ Top concert. It was amazing. There's more warrants at any ZZ Top concert than anywhere else. This got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, statistically speaking, I think you could go to a ZZ Top concert and there's more arrest warrants in that building in any state than there is anywhere else in the country at that That's, moment. Really? I would I would imagine. I Think would, about yeah. it. So wait a minute. So you're saying the the foundation of the ZZ Top fanhood are mostly criminals? Yes. It's like yes. bench warrants for you know, uh, too loud at three in the morning and uh, <laughs> unpaid parking tickets. But some of them raise, you know, some of them get up a little bit. All right. Okay. Yeah, but hey, child support's got to be in there somewhere. You you've got that guy who rides the Harley with. Oh my God! Lots of bounce checks. <laughs> See. <laughs> uh, a lot of welfare fraud. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't think about like the those level crimes. I was thinking more like like possession, like misdemeanor yeah. possession of marijuana yeah, and stuff like that. Arrest. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We've all had that. Meth, crank. <laughs> uppers downers oh, <laughs> red devils like this conversation has turned into like a james elroy novel it's so <laughs> like, what is happening here well welcome to the show josh hood now you know what word bros is all about we're going to talk about arrest warrants and zz top oh holy think? cow are we already on yeah i've been recording <laughs> the entire time <laughs> see, but this is see this is the good stuff though because what happens is and it's happened in the past like i'll hit record and start talking and then i go okay we're ready and then certain sometimes people just clam up and they go inside themselves and they get really awkward so sometimes yeah. it's just best to hit record and not let them know so they can kind of be more natural if you will if it gets like bad like you know we, we haven't had it happen yet but if someone started throwing like racial slurs around i'd be like dude we're Wait. recording you're like all right three two one <laughs> you know, but some comic skate nonsense hey yeah. guys guys they have a real point here what? <laughs> <laughs> oh jesus yeah no but yeah man so um, it's, we it's haven't really, had anything like that happen it's really great to have you on we're both big fans um we really we really appreciate your work uh we know people may know you from we can never go home uh they yeah. can they may know you from star trek that you did with donny cates the mirror uh universe issue uh, now what else have you done uh if you don't mind me asking i know that sounds very unprofessional but i mean i don't have your bibliography in front of well, I've got two different versions of my career. Okay. Uh, from 96 to 2003, and the other one was from essentially one small book before We Can Never Go Home right up until now. Okay. Uh, the, the, 2000, the 96 to 2003 was Marvel and DC. There was Spider-Man. Uh, I kind of started in the Spider-Man office, actually. I was doing wow. Ralph Macchio back then. Sweetest guy in the world. And... Um, uh, Ghost Rider, Green Goblin, Green Lantern, Venom, Justice League, Superman, um, Superboy and the Ravers. I did every time I came onto a series, the second they would tell they would say, Hey, do you want to do like uh, we got an ongoing series? And uh, I'd say, Oh yeah. And they'd say, Yeah, we've already canceled it, so you're just gonna finish this for <laughs> So, you son of a bitch. I almost spit tea all over my computer. I'd have been so fucking pissed if I'd have ruined my machine. That was awesome. That happened like, that happened like four times to me. Oh, no. I mean, so you have seen Spider-Man's penis, though. So you've read Spider-Man Reign? To I've drawn Spider-Man's penis. Oh, sure. Okay. I'm just making sure because, like, it sounds like, it, like you're like, oh, you're going to put me on the book. I'm drawing Spider-Man's dick. For you guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow so you're basically like the cleanup you were the cleanup crew for like marvel and dc for a while yeah all right and, and um now um i did a i we did a kickstarter book me and a writer named uh jose torres um not jose l torres but jose torres he wrote some stuff for image 
in the early 2000s and um he didn't really follow up on the comic stuff he joined the army and went to afghanistan where he became a, cam a combat camera operator wow and he came back with like these crazy stories and he we did um we raised 10 grand to do an issue of a book um that we got published and i still have a few copies of it left uh it's the last book i did on actually using paper you know like actually uh -huh. drawing paper um and it's terrible like <laughs> it's really bad <laughs> um, but we couldn't find a publisher we wanted to do like a 12 issue uh series of course you did <laughs> <laughs> don't we all we, we had already but we had, we'd raised the 10 grand before we had even gone to publishers that was his plan was we want to show that there's an audience for this okay go ahead and get the funding we put the first issue together it's totally complete and it was professional level uh and the story was just like brutal it was really something to read um like nobody brutal wanted, nobody like, wanted to publish it like brutal as in like realistic, yeah, war. realistic, realistic. okay all right all right well sometimes i think don't sometimes you have to kind of you have to polish that up because most people most civilians aren't ready for that kind of realism I think he had, well, you know what, from his perspective, he had cleaned it up. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Because the stuff he saw was much worse. Okay. Uh, Interesting. And then uh, um, Rosenberg found me, I think, through comic book resources and just saw my stuff. And I already had some professional credits. He's like, you want to do this book? And I said, eh, yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. Didn't think anything about it. And then the script started rolling in. Uh, and Black Mask was actually paying us to do it, or paying me to do it, which is oh, I don't nice. do that all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. So it gave me the opportunity to really do some amazing stuff on We Can Never Go Home. Since it's been pretty much all Star Trek for the last two something years. Really? Yeah, that's that makes awesome. Bobby really happy. <laughs> I have I can talk about Star Trek for days, but I guess like I had no I like, and I guess that's the weird part about comics. I mean, like somebody you were you've been doing this for t almost 20 years and the first time i guess i had heard your name was from we can never go home because that thing Same. just kind of that thing right. just kind of exploded onto the scene and you're just like holy shit who are these new cats like who are these new yeah. guys coming out of nowhere but like it took you 15 years to become an overnight sensation yeah and with a 10-year hiatus in <laughs> <laughs> now what did you do for that 10 years that you were on break from comics commercial illustration okay I stopped doing comics altogether. i stopped buying comics i gave i had 25 long boxes of comics i used to be a big collector i gave those all away gave them away wow because this was when the market really really bottomed out right so you couldn't sell them i wasn't going to sit on them i was tired of moving them you know every year and a half yeah i had to move them. <laughs> i just like here take them interesting okay so then so then you did commercial art but that's a path that i mean if you look at the history of a lot of like of the greats in comics, like I believe um, Neil, Adams. Neil Adams did that and Jack yeah. Kirby did that for a while. I mean, a lot of guys kind of go to commercial art and they do that to, to make their nut to pay the bills, but then they get sucked back into the world of, of, uh, of comic illustration. I'm lucky enough now that I, um, I do it. I want to continue to do it because I love it. Not because I necessarily need to. I make a lot more in a lot less time doing editorial illustration or web illustration websites okay but but i mean but you can't draw data's head just randomly in jordy's hands for a commercial website that's no fun no no usually it's uh, i've done well i've done some cool projects like um the nba i did some stuff for the nba and uh yeah but a lot of it's really corporate -y stuff home depot that's kind of boring stuff. I love, my wife loves Home Depot. <laughs> Who doesn't, right? I love Home Depot. See, I prefer Home Depot to Lowe's because I'm a big fan of the color orange. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I love orange. <laughs> I don't have a preference. They, they're I, pretty much the same. I'm just yeah, saying, I like orange. Being a New York Mets fan, I enjoy the color orange, so I, I gravitate more towards Home Depot. Well, the Lowe's is blue. I don't That's like also it. Color. And yeah. there's there's a tribe there's a tribe called Quest Song where Five Dog sh shouts out to his best friend Stephen at the Home Depot. So I've always been more into 
Home Depot because Tribe Called Quest. I have- Oh, your man's in them. Steve works there. I see yeah, how it is. My brain works in strange ways. <laughs> I apologize. But yeah, so so you've been doing Star Trek now pretty steady for the past two years? Yeah. A lot Dang. of uh, Waypoint and mirror, a lot of Mirror Universe stuff. Okay. The Donnie Cates book. That was the Donnie Cates book was super fun. I really enjoyed that thing. Now, is there any chance of there being more of those, or is that just a one shot? It's over. Well, I am the um, the Good Luck Chuck. Is that what is that was that that crappy dang cook movie? Good Luck Chuck. Yes. Where, like the second I work with a writer, they sign a two year exclusive deal. <laughs> like, the second we're done with, we can never go home. Rosenberg is out. He's writing Multiple Man. He's writing Uncanny. And I'm going, are we going to do another version of We Can Never Go Home? Yeah, settle down. Settle down, buddy. <laughs> so, what you're, so what you're saying is exclusively on the Word Bros podcast is you're the fucking kingmaker, bro? <laughs> if you, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the only path to big money i'm just saying i'm a proven path to big all right money. well let's let's do Joshua, something when we do it a book. Yeah, we'll, we'll, <laughs> why don't we do a book together josh let's get on this let's get so, on. you guys can fund it i'm in see but the thing is we would be your your achilles heel be like nah son nah oh, son. You're the guys that would it, it would it would, it would work ruined. in reverse why you'd be like finally finally <laughs> yeah. that's yeah, what man. would happen because we're idiots so Wow, so I did the last book I did at DC was um, uh, a, a six-issue series called Justice League: Scary Monsters, and it was written by Chris Claremont of all people. Wow, dude! Oh, wow, it, it kind of worked in reverse on that because I never heard of him doing anything after that. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he still works, but you know. So, like, so you've worked with fucking everybody, dude. Like, you're like real deal, no joke. Like, that's. That's amazing. So what's the difference between a Donnie Cates script and a Chris Claremont script then? Uh, well, that's a good question. I enjoy that question. Oh, what's the difference? Every writer's different. Um, when I was doing um, Spider-Man stuff, I, my writer was a guy named Tom DeFalco. I hope I got that right. God damn, dude. Tom, De yes, you yeah. got that right. Yeah. That's fucking Tom DeFalco. Yeah, Tom DeFalco. <laughs> and his, his page out his page des descriptions would be literally five lines maybe 120 words and very little dialogue it would be you know uh peter swings into his hometown peter sneaks in through the window aunt may and mary jane are sitting on the bed discussing him um peter's scared and uh tries to sneak past them like that would be the whole page that was great <laughs> Really? Okay, so you're a less is more guy. I'm a less is more guy. But okay. I, I will say, like, Rosenberg writes really good scripts because he he doesn't veer very much in the dialogue from the script to the finished one. I'm sure he changes, like, some, some of the tone stuff, but um, I, I, I had to do, especially on those, like, 25 panel that's what I was. That's what I was just getting ready to ask you. <laughs> you're doing a lot of <laughs> acting. Those characters, you have to, like, you, you can't draw anything else. All you're drawing is their faces while they're talking. So you gotta, you gotta be a lot of emotion go on. You gotta emote. So um, then knowing the dialogue really helps for that kind of stuff. Okay, because um, I was, because I was, because we knew we were gonna interview you today. So I read "We Can Never Go Home Again" in the pickup line, and when I got to the 22 page, uh, the 22 panel page, I was like, "Fuck, dude!" Like, what did you like? Yeah, did that's you, amazing. Like, did your asshole like like crunch up when you saw that thing, or how did you how did you tackle that? Because it's not a double page spread; it's, no, one, it's page one page of twenty panels on one page. Twenty two panels. Like, did you immediately text him and was like, "What the fuck are you doing to me?" Yeah. Or no, I don't. Yeah, I probably did say something at the time, and every time <laughs> afterwards, <laughs> or every time anybody asked me about it, I would just like blow it up to Herculean proportions. Um, it did take me. <laughs> It did take me three days to lay out because you have to, the way, I mean, a writer will just write, but I have to drag your eye across the page in a certain way. And I got to slow things down, but you can't really do that when you're chopping each, each panel up into like an inch and a quarter by uh, like three and three quarters of inches. Or, I don't know what, it, what the measurements were in the end. So you just have no room. So I'm like, having to work out where's the dialogue going to go in each panel uh oh i need to stretch it out a little bit here so i added like a, a, a speedometer yes you know, break it up a little bit 
Oh my God. Oh, Jesus. Well, but the thing is that when you look at like modern comics now, and I've even fallen into this trap, some um, writing like 12 page, like, I mean, 12 panel pages, nine panel pages, they're becoming like all the rage. Like Tom King is like the fucking king of that shit. And Rosenberg does it a lot too, because it almost feels like a more natural way to, to, to write dialogue than just to have like a letterbox panel, two guys sitting, and then just a bunch of balloons. I thought he did it the best. But, I mean, you know, you always talk to the one like the 20 something panels. Everybody, well, I don't know if everybody goes with that one necessarily just because it was so extreme. But in the first issue, he had a page that was 18 panels long. And, but it was a back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, and the way I did it was each panel was sort of the same size. And then she was always on the left side of the panel and he was always on the right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you were, it was kind of like getting kind of tossed back and forth. Um, and their dialogue in that was so snappy. It was great. It's, it was, it meant for a really great read. And you, you got through so much more in such a short period of time. Because mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like film editing. Like, because if, yeah. if, you're, if you're watching a film, like they'll show you the initial establishing shot of a couple together at a restaurant. And then every shot after that is reactions. Yeah, like just the camera's... So, I mean, like, it's almost, it almost seems more natural to do than to have, like, the old Brian Michael Bendis style, like, two people standing there and then a thousand word balloons. But you've, yeah, yeah, I always hated those Chris Claremont, like, it would just be stacks of, yeah. Balloons, you know. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The problem is you're trying to fit all that into ten and a half by six and seven eighths inches. Then you have to account for like the bleed space. You know, a page like that, you don't want it to get to go all the way to the end because then it just feels like it's kind of spilling off the page. You know, you have to kind of keep that contained. So you're really shaving down the amount of space you have to do that kind of thing in. Interesting. We're talking to Josh Hood. I mean, dude's been doing this for 20 years. Here we are, a bunch of dummies thinking like, oh yeah, this guy's been doing this for like four or five years. No, you're like old school professional, dude. Oh, I got some great old stories. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, ask away, friend. I feel like I'm monopolizing all of the time here. I can't hear you. Kevin, I can't, you can't, your mic's not on. I wonder why I was talking so much. Kevin's mic's not working. Now I don't feel so bad. <laughs> Hello? Hello? There you go. Your mic wasn't on. Now it's not on again. Not on again. What about now? Better. Okay. So what I was going to ask was since you had um, – Dang, see what happened was I lost it now. I'm going, Mike, 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 miss me up. Uh, <laughs> so was the dialogue what sold you on We Can Never Go Home? Because I remember when I first grabbed that, I was at uh, Charlotte Minicom. And I went by Sailfish Comics. And I was looking just to get a graphic novel. I was like, I'm just going to grab something to read when I get home. And the guy's like, have you ever read this? And he like hands it to me. And I go, no. He goes, it's amazing. You have to read this. And I went. The first issue or the trade? It's the trade. Okay. Yeah, it was the trade. So I, I was like, all right. Um, he's like, it's only 10 bucks. So I was like, all right, sold. I was like, I can't argue with 10 bucks and it looks it looks cool. He's like, dude, it's great. You'll love it. If you don't love it, next time, I, next time I've seen you at Minicom before. Next time I see you, you know, you can come back and tell me you didn't love it and I'll let you pick something else out. I was like, all right, cool. And I brought it home and then I read it and I was like, what i was i was like i'm blown away this is amazing this is a really great comic and from start to finish like i wasn't expecting to love it i'm not even gonna lie i read it and i was like this is like the true romance of comics this is amazing it's like it doesn't end the way you expect this doesn't happen i was like this is just really good stuff really great art really good writing i was like this is amazing yeah yeah and you don't get those feelings from too many comics now like that i can say there's times where i walk in and buy another comic buy a comic and go I want that we can never go home feeling again. And I grab something and I go, oh, no. You know, the year that our book came out, a lot of books that, I, like like you say, you kind of gave you that feeling came out at the same time. So we were in a weird um, place. I mean, we got 
we got quite a lot of press, especially around the first issue. Uh, and then when New York Comic Con hit, like we were doing, um, the variants were getting a lot of press and being sold on eBay for like 1500 bucks a pop. Um, <clears throat> I should have stayed, I should have had some of those. Uh, <laughs> but the, like the month, our first issue came out, the first issue of Paper Girls came out and it, it gained a lot of traction in the early days. And then like Lumberjanes came out a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of months. I'm not even misremembering some of the dates there, but um, just all of a sudden, all of this really great content started coming out. And it's nice to be a part of really great content. Like that's a good feeling. Like when your name is up there and you're doing this stuff. I mean, did you know when you were working on this was going to be a special book for you? I knew it was good, but I knew we were going through Black Mask had only done like Occupy Comics. They'd only done really small stuff. Uh huh. And, um, so I didn't think they had like a grand reach. I thought we'd sell it. We'd probably sell out and I'd carry it to a few shows and try to introduce it to people and that kind of stuff. But, you know, we started to get press recognition for some of the stuff we were doing. And then, you know, we did the, the clothing change thing and that got a bunch of recognition. And then, you know, when we did the trade, we did like all new pages for that kind of stuff and that got some recognition. So, um, it, w it was way, way, way beyond, and um, you were talking about, you know, being in that same class with all those other creators. Uh, we kind of were there for a while in as much as we were being compared to what I thought were the best books that were coming out. And it's, it's amazing to hear people say, um, oh, you guys are, you know, this is the best book of 2015 or whatever it was. We were, uh, we were Diamond's Indie Pick of the Year. I thought we were going to get like, I, oh, we're going to get Eisner nominated. We're not going to win, but we're going to get nominated. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess, and then you directly pivoted to Star Trek? Uh, no. Uh, um, before, before We Can Never Go Home finished, my daughter was born. Oh, congratulations. Oh, thanks. And um, I took another year off. And okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so at the at, when your name is the hottest you just walked away because you had to be a dad had to be a dad man hey man yeah. it happens to the best right. of us that's awesome so yeah i'm just constantly breaking back into comics <laughs> <laughs> and now and now here you are yet again breaking back in you've been doing star trek steadily for nonstop. i bought um the uh donny kate's book at heroes and i loved it i thought it was great like i'm a huge tng fan um yeah, i really is. enjoyed it like it was like snake it was like snake plinskin or whatever is however you pronounce his last name in yeah. star Plinskin. trek then it was awesome Plinskin. like you really pulled that off very well on my original design for him all the designs had to go through the management companies of the actors okay final say his ended up looking like snake plinskin just because they kept Originally, he was going to be sort of a more Viking with like a long, straight beard <laughs> and a shaved head and a nice big scar on the side of his face. Uh, very dramatic and very brutal. Um, and they just kept kind of like, no, it doesn't look enough like him. You got to make it look more like him. And then it just looked, it was like the Superman uh, mullet by the time we were done. That's awesome. Now, my, qu <laughs> as, my question is, as I was reading the book, if you haven't read it, you should go out and get it. It's really fun. Um, Data doesn't have a body, and Jordy uses him to see why didn't you put a handle on his head as opposed to just holding him by the hair? Like, shouldn't he just have a, a handle on his head? Wouldn't that have made it easier, like a lantern? I, uh, in the earliest design, I had him hold, he had a stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Data torch. Yeah. Uh, a Data yeah. torch, yeah. Um, and he would, he would kind of hold him up high. Yeah, like a torch, very much. Yeah. Like hold him up high. Like, like he's a taller man and he could see from a better Because <laughs> the real... Uh, he could see for miles and miles. Guy. Yeah. He's a little bit <laughs> um, But just visually, I thought the, the, hand, the hand in the hair, you know, he's just picking cool. him up and moving him around like that. I just thought it looked a little cooler. It's a really Now, what had one. happened to Data's body? I didn't read it. So what had happened to his body? I don't think they go into it necessarily. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, they really don't. Like Jordy just Jordy just Jordy just uses Data's head as his eyes, and he just kind of carries it around. Like he still has the visor on, but it's built like there's like like a wire apparatus that goes up his arm and stuff. It's really creative and really well done because there's no mirror universe stuff during TNG. It's the only series without mirror universe stuff. So it was kind of fun to see a, a mirror universe take. And the way it ends, it's just, it, it, I'm begging for more. I read it. I was like, God damn it. I need more of this book. Uh, I mean, you love TNG. So. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I just, I just rewatched all seven uh, seasons of it while I was working on this last um, Star Trek book I've been working on. Um, <clears throat> Sarah Gatos was the editor at, uh, of Star Trek at the time when we okay. did it. And mm-hmm. she was perfectly placed. She is a giant Star Trek fan. That's awesome. And, um, she wanted she wanted to push 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 to get more of these out, but Donnie, you know, uh, he he had some stuff he had to get taken care of. So yeah. <clears throat> now, um, how do you feel? How do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about Deep Space Nine? Are you a Deep Space Nine guy? I'm I'm rewatching it right now, and um, like halfway through the third or I'm halfway through the fourth season. Okay. And uh, man, I, I was bored for a long time until the founder showed up. Really? Bored, bored, bored. <laughs> Okay, all right. But you, but you love Deep Space Nine too, right? Oh, I love Deep Space Nine. I've been doing a Star Trek podcast, like a Star Trek review podcast for about seven years where we watch and review episodes. of. Uh, we finished all of TNG. We're about halfway through Deep Space Nine. And I find myself just, I love Deep Space Nine. I think it's just phenomenal. Like there, I, there's nothing I don't like about it, which is, I guess the only thing I do, um, I, I guess... The one thing I don't care for is the Federation, but I love all of the outside characters like like uh, like Nog and Quark and, and, and Odo and all those dudes because it's nice to see them kind of take the shine off of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, like there is like a shadier element to the galaxy, to the universe. It's not just all like the, the Hilton and the stars, if you will, you know? <laughs> now... Now, like I like Avery Brooks. That's the only reason why I would watch Deep Space Nine. So I like oh. his. I, I like his character. Like he's good. But yeah, he's yeah. good. He's good. The show really doesn't get good until he gets the goatee and shaves yes. his head. Yeah, it's really good because then he turns into like Shaft in space, and it's just really awesome. <laughs> and he's just fucking shit up. So, <laughs> so you're gonna be doing Star Trek um, for how, how much longer? You got that gig going on? Uh, they keep giving me stuff. There's nothing permanent. Um, I don't know. So it's just mini upon. So they just keep giving you mini series to do, and that's yep. kind of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They want to do. Uh, when Sarah left, everything kind of shut down for a little bit. She, you know, she's at Oni now, and uh, Denton Tipton and Chase Marats. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I'm sure I'm going to screw it up. They took over for her, and um, they've been really super cool about giving me stuff. We were doing some Star Trek Waypoint, which was a. It's kind of an anthology. Okay. Series. Okay. And I'm uh, I'm drawing a I'm drawing a, a small part in it written by uh, Brandon Easton. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Sounds for what's he sounds familiar. Done? Oh jeez, I wish you hadn't asked me. Okay, then I won't. Just pretend that we didn't. But what we do know is that in like a year, he's going to sign a Marvel exclusive. <laughs> oh, in two, in two weeks, I'll okay. be done. I'll be done with the book, and he'll be like. All right. Well, that was great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm going to the Marvel, uh, the Marvel and, Writers Retreat. Hey, guess what I got? I just got fucking Spider-Man. Woohoo! And you can, and you can be like, yeah, kid, I've been there. I've done that. I feel like at a certain point, I'm going to have seated Marvel so heavily with all of the writers that I've worked with in the past that they're going to be like, you know what? Just give them a, like an Iron Fist knockoff book. <laughs> Dude, what I'll write that. <laughs> I love Iron Fist, so You're I mean, like, it's a new secret. You're the Bill Belichick of, of artists and like all your assistants go other places and get jobs because you're the man. You're the man with the plan, Josh Hood. Well, um, I don't know, I mean, is there anything you want to like, you got a website, you got a Patreon, anything you want to plug, your Twitter's accounts, anything? No, no Patreon. Um, Instagram, Joshua Hood. Uh, Twitter, Joshua Hood. Uh, joshhood.com for the comic book stuff. Joshuahood.com for the, if you want to see the commercial art. Uh, I don't know. I'm everywhere. You are. And you're a great dude. Like you're super, like you're super friendly. You're amazingly talented. And like, you're just a real nice cat. Oh, 
I'll, I'll tell. I'll tell the Josh. I'll I'll tell. I'll tell more about Josh. This is how great Josh is, guys. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys how how we convinced Josh Hood to to draw a Metal Shark Bro pinup. So I was talking to him and and a friend a friend a mutual friend of uh, I guess Josh's and I, and mine Ed Bigford. He might he might have just met him that night. And introduced us. And he said, yeah. And he said and he said um, he said, hey, have you met Josh Hood? And I said, no, that's Josh Hood. And he's like, yeah. I was like oh man and he was we were we weren't actually close like when he said that's josh hood we were like josh was sitting over there and ed was telling me that's that's josh hood. and i was like oh cool i love we could never go <laughs> i gotta stand here <laughs> and I, I said that i did do that and he walked back over there and i'm and i'm and i'm like two beers in so i'm like i don't want to say anything stupid but i'm probably going to say something stupid so i gotta watch what i say because i don't want to be dumb because i get dumb when i'm drunk. <laughs> i don't want to say anything dumb so what do I do right before I walk over there is I throw a, a, a copy of Metal Shark Pro at, at Jason Ford and Bobby who yes, are in there. Yes, he does. <laughs> I throw it over at them like I'm 12. Um, and then I go, I was like, hey, I'm Kevin. Nice to meet you. We're doing this thing. And I just wanted to say, I, I really love it. And Josh looks at me like, yeah, right. Like what I say, what I said, like I hear that all the time. And then at about that time, uh, my friend, Robert, uh, Caulfield walks over and he's like, "Hey, I need the room key. I'm gonna go back upstairs." I'm like, "Hey, just before you leave, this is this is Josh Hood. We can never go home." Robert turns to him like straight face because Robert's a very serious dude, and he goes, "Kevin loves. We can never go home." <laughs> and then he walks away. And then I think he took me seriously after that. But his face was like whatever at first. But then when when and I, and I didn't say he he could hear my conversation with Robert. So Robert walks off, and then then he was like just starts laughing and was really cool about it all. He's like, I'd love to do a pinup. And I was like, cool. Cause that was like really stressful. <laughs> I, like, I really love that book. <laughs> I love doing that kind of stuff. You know, when I work on, um, <clears throat> when you work on a book, you just, you're grinding out kind of the same stuff over and over. And even if you, even when you're doing action pages, it's the same characters doing the same kind of thing over and over. I need variety. So yeah. Hit me with pinups all the time, man. That's awesome. It's oh, awesome. And your pinup was great. Like I couldn't believe like all three of us were just like, holy shit, dude, this thing is fucking phenomenal. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, it's Metal Shark Bro on stage um, playing his guitar. The the cord of the guitar is you know shooting behind him almost like a tail. There's this giant stack of martial amps and actual rendered. They look actually rendered hands just throughout the crowd. And I was like, wow put a lot of work into that i was really impressed dude oh you think so i was done with that in like a couple of hours that was no big deal wow that was <laughs> i was impressed and i was just i was like man that's really cool uh, so it meant a lot to us because we are big yeah. fans so that was really awesome so we appreciate that very much i'm glad to do it yeah dude um but yeah anytime you want to come back i mean is there a star trek book out now that you can pump that people can go order or yeah uh waypoint was the new waypoint giant size was in this month's previews okay um, mm -hmm. and it's you know there's a full page ad in the idw section you can go find that number i don't know what it is off the top of my head but um <laughs> tell your local comic uh, distributor that that's what you want idw does a great job with the star trek books like they are they're they're very good books i've i've been very impressed with the the, the ones that i've read it seems like there's a lot of them um and yeah. so it's kind of hard to keep up with the ones that are out but they're quality books man they're very well done yeah they they keep doing like um i think it's easy to grasp when it's they do like little five issue stories that are sort of all self-contained you don't necessarily know what came before or after you know the characters and because CBS, they work very closely with CBS. So, I mean, like, every page I do goes to CBS for okay. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, I'm not giving anyone that. Um, I had to create a, a physical manifestation of the V'ger entity from the first Star Trek movie. For the motion picture, yeah. Yeah. And um, that, doesn't, that doesn't, like, give any story away. And that never been seen before i did it i did like five or six pages with this character sort of intertwined and around and uh cbs came back and said oh it needs to look a little less like dr manhattan so uh, <laughs> i had to do a few or like a few extra designs on that character and then and then um that just got okayed today so they get they get like really deep into it this 
does that mean it's canonical if it's going straight through CBS? It must be, right? I see. Yeah. I don't. Know, I see. I don't know about that because I know Roddenberry. His idea of it. God, I sound like such a fucking nerd. <laughs> you <laughs> are a fucking nerd. I, dude. I. Nerd. I just read. There's this. I have it upstairs. It's the. They did a 50-year telling of the Star Trek story. They broke it up into two books. I just finished like the first 25 years. It's fucking amazing. Like it's all this behind the stuff scenes, like all the gossip, all the who, who didn't like who, who was up whose ass, blah, blah. Anyway, but like Roddenberry's whole thing was if it's on screen, canon. If it's on the page, not so much. That was, that's their whole thing. So it's just like, it's just an interpretation of. Gotcha. The original work but you know for you canon we'll say canon for josh, josh hood's a good dude so we're saying all of josh hood stuff is canon well i mean i don't like star trek so like and then and, and, and he'll say that's blasphemy i don't hate it now see let me let me be honest i don't i don't hate it i can watch star trek and i love the next generation because because of the time well because of the time slot it was on when i was a kid so like like it would be like you would watch thundercats and like Silverhawks, and then Silver next Hawk. generation yeah. It's like oh, it's on. like it's like a warm blanket of nostalgia's TNG. Right. And and I and I didn't like it when I first started watching it, but there was nothing else on, literally. It would be like it would be like TNT and and then it would be Picard. So I'd be like, "All right, man, I'm going to deal with Picard for a little while." But at first I didn't like it. And now like I I watch them and I'm like, "I remember this one. I like Great. this one." Yeah, but I mean as far as like Deep Space 9, that was different cuz it was Great. on at night. That, so and I and I I'm watching it now as an adult and I'm like oh this is cool but as a kid I was always like Star Wars is way better because there's not so much talking <laughs> like I'd rather see dudes fight with laser swords I'm simple like that you, so, are, you are simple I am just like that I'm just like well there's not enough there's not enough fighting. Like, oh, I'm gonna set my phaser to stun. I'm like, it's not about fighting, Kevin. Nobody wants to do that in space, bro. I want to see people get disintegrated, disintegrated, like, and like, and like that's cool. Like, I want to see. That. Yeah. Have you you watched Discovery? Right. Discovery's great. Did you watch Discovery? No, I haven't. Brutal. Did you like oh, it? it? You said brutal. Okay. You did. You yeah. yeah I just, loved it. No. I okay, loved good. It. I liked it a lot too. I, my wife and I every Sunday we kind of sit around and go, hey. A couple months, we'll be watching Discovery again. <laughs> we're, we're total geeks. It's awesome. That's the new one, right? Yes, it's good. Yes. I like it. I bet I don't have the channel that it comes on. So yeah, you got to pay for CBS it. CBS All Access. You got to pay. Yeah, that's why I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have Hulu and I have Netflix, and I I, I borrow our friend's Amazon account. We we switch we we switch we're switching off. He's got my Netflix. I've got his Amazon. So uh, so that's what we did. You're swingers. You're streaming swingers. Well, I I wanted to see something that was on Amazon, and like f for all the money that you spend on streaming, like Hulu and Netflix have better stuff. I would say because I can watch the Twilight Zone on Hulu. I can watch old episodes of Star Trek and start to like try and see what you're talking about, see if I like it, That's that cool. kind of stuff. Um, I could watch the uh, the new Stephen King joint on Hulu. That's amazing. That uh, that uh, what's that called? Castle Rock. Thank have you, you seen that? no oh it's great it's really good um shockingly good but we don't want to hold you up anymore josh no it's cool i'm always here for you guys you're just such a gentleman it's you're ridiculous awesome. just a gentleman i go buy all of his stuff even is like all of it just go out and buy all josh hood's work he's got go, go. he's got a baby to feed for christ's sakes go. get a commission get a commission from josh hood he can draw spider-man star trek um, anybody anything anybody anything anybody. well josh thank you so much man we thank appreciate you. it my pleasure all right that was the a very talented and long-tenured Josh Hood. I had no idea he'd been doing comics for almost 20 years. That's insane to think about. I, neither did I. I, yeah. I thought that he had, I thought We Can Never Go Home was like his breakthrough it, thing and, yeah. and it's not. Yes, And, and it, see, you learned that today on Word Bros. You learned it, that with us. And it was fun just to kind of talk about some of the more nuts and bolts of it because we don't really get to do that because I've been writing some some stuff for Walt that's been like seven, eight panels a page and I felt kind of bad but then like when I think about you know Tom King doing 13 panels or 
you know, Rosenberg doing 22 panels or like I was even looking at some stuff Brian Level's doing for, I think he's doing a book for, I can't say, but he's doing a book for somebody and he had like 15 panels on the page. Like it's kind of crazy the way comics is, is almost changing. Like the landscape of it is kind of a more cinematic, like quick cut movie edit thing, which is, which is interesting to kind of witness. Right. Because I think it's changing because as with all mediums, like they're trying, I don't think they're trying to become more quote unquote cinematic. I think they're trying to be more snappy with the dialogue or have more realistic dialogue in there. And and to do that, you need more panels, you know, to to have an actual back and forth conversation. Like you were saying, you can't just have giant Bendis word balloons. Although, you know, I don't dislike Bendis because of those things. People don't talk like that. I think there, there is a place for both. Like I, I am. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think you can do like the, more wordy like two guys together walking down the street balloon 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 and then go to the next page and do boom 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 i think there's a place for both but it's like as a writer um it almost flies in the face of convention and i feel bad doing it like i tried calling you today when i was at starbucks i was like man walt's gonna hate us but he's gonna hate me because i'm sitting here typing away at the computer like yeah i I like all this stuff i think we need it um yeah it's it's eight pages but we'll figure it well that's that's why we have an editor see and that's what goes back to the last conversation yeah yeah if the editor thinks we don't need it he'll tell you yeah because i was because i was telling a friend of mine i was telling mike exner a good guy i know a buddy of mine how uh tony gregory how we wrote a script for him a pitch script and kevin wrote the initial draft of it i went in and kind of like punched up the dialogue and he came back he was like i fucking hate this there's too many words on this page so it's really it's interesting to kind of to kind of get different artists' perspective about it and how it works. We had two different vibes on the book to, to explain yeah. if to, to other people that write. Like, I had a vibe of uh, fun, pulpy, uh, like, a fun, pulpy vibe going on, and it was supposed to be back and forth, but not too much. Enough back and forth to where it's, like, quippy, like, action-adventure. Um, and then Bobby had an idea where he wanted to really – get deep dig deep into the friendship between these two characters yeah um and, he and hated. i feel like one wasn't <laughs> one wasn't needed the one wasn't needed and one was perfect for it and so tony tony was like i thought the other one was way better and i so, fucking no i believe the exact words were i fucking hate this <laughs> <laughs> it was happened, something like what happened to the first one and i was like oh okay and it's and that's the thing, though, when, you, when you're making books, you have ideas and sometimes they don't work. I think all, Kevin and I have talked about it, and I think all of that dialogue that was added in is necessary, and we're going to use it throughout the book, but I don't think you need it uh, in, the, in the pitch. So, but it was, all, that, all that yeah. was like an info dump in the yeah. pitch, and, yeah. and what, what you needed was the two guys doing what they're doing and getting yeah. through that thing, <laughs> and to show, to show what, the, what you're getting in the book. Like, this exactly. is what we're this is what we're doing. This is, this is the thing. Um, the, the other pieces, the other set pieces that he was trying to put in there and character development stuff can be added as we move along mm-hmm. and, and make it and make it into a more interesting story, but you need to get the hooks in first and the hooks are, are right there already. So, and, uh, and, and new writers don't, don't get too bummed out about that shit. Cause it's going to happen. So if somebody comes back and it's like, yeah, this is all wrong that's it just redo it get on it yeah it happens to everybody dude it happens to the best of us you know everybody's gonna get everybody's gonna get something completely wrong you just gotta fucking buckle down and get get going no no room for hard feelings on that piece you know one of the good things about us both writing on stuff is sometimes he'll feel it sometimes i'll feel it like the dialogue for a scene is wrong and he might have wrote it i might have wrote it it doesn't matter the idea is that we have to make the scene the best that, that it can be mm-hmm. and his idea might be better my idea might be better it doesn't matter whose idea is better it matters what makes the scene give the information you want to get across to the readers yeah so, so um at the end of the day you have to put your ego aside and and while your dialogue might have been fantastic the, it doesn't help convey the part of the story you're trying to do yep so. so there you go it's 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 definitely an interesting dichotomy working on books and working on comics and trying to get all this stuff done i mean the worst that could happen is it stinks and then you try it again you know what i'm saying like that's honestly the that's, worst thing that could happen it happens all the time <laughs> you know so there you go everybody that was word bros thank you to joshua for coming on he was just fantastic uh season two is off that's to amazing. a 
a smashing start. We're going to have some other great guests coming on. We got some cool stuff happening. Um, so yeah, man. So thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks. You're listening to the word bros podcast, the wordbros.com. saying it's about time batman's dick was in a comic book because swamp thing's dick was in a comic book now have you actually seen batman schlong i have not actually seen batman's dick i'll find it hang on you'll find batman's dick yeah i found it the other day on t- on twitter here you go photos um no photos for bat penis i what did i do i think yesterday i did <laughs> No that. that's what they say when i when I, every google search i get when i'm trying to when i'm trying to lube my hand up I'm like, i don't know here we go i don't know if this is real or not but here we go the real bat it could be the fake bat penis. well i mean maybe it's like add it all but there it is right there oh see it <laughs> bat there it is right <laughs> that's it there it is um, because I guess what they did was like here, I'll show you. What they did was it looks is, like, is that like a is that like a stunt bat penis? Like, I don't know, but like I guess the way it's set up, like there it is, see. And it's actually in the DC comic, they're letting like, it go. I guess, like I guess some places they altered it and some place they kind of shadowed it out so it looks like that. No, that's it again. Yeah, because like he's taking off his bat <laughs> uniform. And there's a schlong. But again, I don't understand why he wouldn't wear underpants. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm just saying, like, you, I mean, some people don't like underpants. Well, here's the thing, Kevin. And we, I mean, I don't know, you may not know this, but I don't like underwear, okay? But, like, I'm also not Batman swinging through the streets in City of Gotham, like, fighting crime. I mean, your balls are going to get slammed against your legs and your thighs, and it's going to hurt. Well, it's just awkward for the criminal at that moment because, like, what do you what do you say if you're the criminal and Batman like kicks you and then you hear like your balls hit your leg? But oh, that was my bat balls. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, sorry about my bat nuts. That's my bat nuts. My bat leg, bro. My bat ding dong. Yeah, but like, he's got to have some kind of like. There's got to be some kind of like built-in underpants in the costume because you just can't go around like swinging through the streets of Gotham with just your dick flopping out like that. Like there's no way it would just, it would hurt too much here. There, there it is. That's when they censored it. See? So they just covered it up. No, I don't see what, Oh, okay. See, that's negative. Affirmative. Yeah. Bullshit. My penis is covered. (laughs) It's such an odd decision to make, but I guess they did the same thing back with Peter Parker Way back in the day, there was a book called Spider-Man Rain. And in that book... I have Spider-Man Rain. Yeah, I I guess in the original version of Spider-Man Rain, you can see Spider-Man's penis, like an old man spider penis. But then they put put tidy whities on him at some point. Yeah, he's wearing tidy whities in the one I have. Yes, he was wearing tidy whities in the one I had too. It was an interesting premise. Like he was married to Mary Jane and she got cancer from him busted nuts and stuff radioactive nuts inside of her and she died <laughs> i swear to god that's that's what happened to mary Jane. Yeah, i know but i'm just laughing at your like simple explanation that's how it like, happened what happened to mary jane she got radioactive spider goo i mean that's what, what happened i think we've been joined would by that Josh. be considered webbing <laughs>